0: Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, Episode 69 of Pittsburgh Pirates Podcast on SP Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. And Jake, the Pirates keep on winning games. I know. I didn't think we would ever say this in our time with
1: Bucks Dugout, but here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's been pretty nice as of late. Um, Had to throw that in there. Recently, the Pirates... Took two out of three against the Arizona Diamondbacks at home. It was a pretty fun weekend at the ballpark. Um, there was actually fans in attendance. You love to see that. And, you know, after such a high on the West, Cro- West Coast trip against two really awesome teams, you thought maybe there was a chance that the Pirates could, you know, maybe let let the fans down a little bit with Somewhat of a trap series against a lesser Diamondbacks team, but the Pirates, after dropping game one in this series, had a nice two game uh, winning streak, I guess, winning two to one and three to nothing. A lot of great pitching once again. And Jack Sawinski, this was the Jack Sawinski series. He had the walk off home run in game two. On Sunday, he had three hits, including two doubles. He is starting to really look comfortable with the plates and uh he's definitely winning the share of plate appearances here and adds some nice needed power to the Pirates lineup. I would say
1: yeah, he's looking kind of like what he looked like down in Altoona um He was a power hitter, you know he was thriving down there um and it's good to see that his old form is sort of returning after a bit of a cold period. But at the same time, we kind of expected a, a, a little bit of a slump to start things off in the MLB with Swincy, because that's a high, that's a high jump from double A to MLB. Um, but it's good that he's starting to come around and it's really good that he was able to help provide in the Diamondback series. Cause I'll tell you what uh, the pirates kind of needed it and I'm, I'm happy they won two or three, but the scores were not as big or as spacious as we would have liked them to be. But, you know, you take the positives here. Sawinski is on fire. I think he now has, what, a three-game hitting streak. He um, put up at least five, four or five singles in this series, uh, home run. I don't think it's leading the National League in, with rookies and home runs anymore, but he's still up there. He's finding his groove, and it's at the right time, too. So um, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Jack Sawinski, and I think he's – more than deserving of getting an everyday look. And I, I would not be surprised if he was in both lineups against the Tigers both Tuesday and Wednesday.
0: Yeah, and uh looking at his stats right now on Fangrass, his WRC plus is up to 102. So he is officially an above-average major league hitter at this point. The average and the on base still aren't great, but the slugging is up to 440. And obviously the home runs and doubles will help with that um I think the batting average and on base right now two twenty nine and two eighty two they're going to continue to rise and um we'll see what he we'll see what he can do and it's kind of interesting now because the pirates are calling up they've called up a, a little bundle of outfielders here with Jack Sawinski. obviously Cal Mitchell's up here, and now the pirates have called up. Travis Swaggerty, so there's kind of a little competition brewing to see who will get the most outfield playing time. Uh, obviously, with Reynolds in center field, he's not going anywhere. And Ben Gamel, um, I believe he's he's back. Is he not? I don't. Let me see. Here. So. Is he still? I think he. Okay, I think he's think still he on the injured list. Lost.
1: Yeah, but one I thing think he's, 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 right, but he's not ready to return.
0: Yeah, once he comes back, though, I guess we'll see what happens too. Maybe uh, some of these younger players keep their jobs and Gamble is more of like a fourth outfielder option, I guess. But as of right now, I would say Suwinski is hes uh, taking the opportunity and grabbing it, which is nice to see. And we'll see what Travis Swaggerty can bring. I mentioned he was called up and Rodolfo Castro was sent down. Um, any thoughts on that?
1: uh rodolfo deserved it first of all um the dude plays with no passion anymore like i'm listening to what shelton said about him being sent down and how he always plays with such energy and while that might be the case it i i had a hard time believing it just based off how he played in pittsburgh this recent stint his errors his errors are what blew friday's game in my opinion on top of jt brubaker sucking his hitting sucks And I mean, his uh, Saturday's game, he hit a pop fly in the infield and made a little league mistake by not running it out. And therefore it turned into a double play. Now, I understand that the base runner could have uh, actually no, because um, it was in the infield, so they couldn't have gone halfway. So if Castro would have hustled that out or at least put a little bit more pep in his step, uh, that was that's only one out instead of two. Um, But to me, he just seems like a lazy baseball player. I don't know if it's. Because he just doesn't care anymore, or if it's because you know the, all the negative things that happen with his play are starting to get to his head, such as the errors. Um, I don't know if that's all getting to his head or not, but I'm I'm kind of glad that we sent him down. I the People could argue that Yu Cheng was on the chopping block before Castro, but I'm kind of glad that we sent him down, because I did not like seeing him in the lineup anymore. I did not like seeing him in the field anymore. I was at Friday's game, and every time he made an error, I just wanted to run on the field and take him off the field myself. Um, But, yeah, I I think we can get by without Castro
0: in the major leagues. Um, Yeah, I mean, I agree. He totally was struggling at the plate and in the field. But I'll push back a little bit on uh, his effort. I think... He he just kind of he struggled obviously and made some mistakes and the effort on the one play that Shelton mentioned about what was it like running out a ground ball or something um yeah that 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 definitely wasn't a great look but overall I do think Castro as a player I think he's pretty raw I think he has a pretty high ceiling though he might have a, a low floor but I think tools wise he's got power um He's made some really great plays in the field this season. I, I do remember that. And I think back to, um, it was the, oh, which series was it? The Rockies series. I believe he made a few nice plays at PNC Park, but overall, I mean, when you're hitting 197, 269, 296, not walking a lot, striking out a good amount. And he got plenty of chances. He had 78 plate appearances. Um, I think now is a good time for him to get sent down, maybe reset a little bit and we'll see we'll see how he you know reacts in AAA if he can tear it up down there and maybe earn himself another chance in the bigs but I I don't want to question the effort too too much. I just think he's a young player. He's struggled and sometimes when young players struggle like that, it kind of avalanches on you. And everything that goes wrong goes even more wrong. And maybe sometimes when you're in that position, you kind of let things pile up and I'm not going to beat him up too, too much about his mistakes, but I am excited on the other hand to see what Travis Swaggerty can do. Another left-handed bat. He was doing pretty well in triple a this season. He had an OPS, I believe over 800. So, he was getting on base, doing pretty well. I, I definitely would like to see him get a few starts here. I know this upcoming two game uh, series against the Tigers, the Pirates will be facing off against um, what Scooball. He's the solid lefty. Uh, he has an ERA. It's in the twos. Tariq Scooball. He's two and four and two, two fifteen ERA. Left-handed pitcher. So I don't know. I don't know, all these new pirate outfielders that have been called up, they're all left-handed hitters, so they're all going to have... Someone's going to have to face the lefty. But that is the Tuesday game, and on the Wednesday game, it's Alex faedo He's right-handed, so also pretty good, though. 309 ERA. We'll see if Swaggerty gets some at-bats here. I, I guess right now, if I had to guess, I think... Swaggerty's probably going to get some starts here with Sawinski also getting some starts and Cal Mitchell might be the odd guy out moving forward here over the next few games just because although Mitchell did hit the home run in the Sunday game, overall, he's kind of struggled a little bit. I think Swaggerty's going to get some playing time and uh, I'm excited what I'm excited to see what he brings to the table because I've never actually really watched him play very much. I've obviously looked at the stats you know, a lot, but smaller frame, smaller guy. He's got some sneaky pop left-handed bats. I want to see what he can do at the major league level. And we kind of forget sometimes that he was a first round pick. So we'll see one of Neil Huntington's last first round picks. We'll see what he can bring to the table. And uh, he he probably does have like a higher pedigree than some of these other outfielders that have been called up as of late.
1: Yeah, and I like the fact that maybe he'll platoon, I would say, right field, given the circumstance with Cal Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell, like you said, has struggled. He's um, He had a very big slump, I think, during the West Coast trip. Um, and, yeah, like you said, he did have that home run, but at the same time you got to look at the overall picture instead of what he's just doing now. Um, I would imagine that he would start tomorrow Matt and Mitchell sits, or maybe even Mitchell goes to DH. Um yeah. who knows maybe uh maybe not I don't know we'll think about it but I do think Swaggerty's got a lot of uh potential despite him having that big injury net last year and I think this is sort of I don't want to say this is a prove it all uh, call up for Swaggerty I think it's just it, them to they're getting a good look at him um I'm trying to word this correctly they're getting a good word look good look at him can't speak today after dealing with an injury, and coming back and having a very, very good start to the season in AAA, almost a very fiery bounce back year that nobody predicted. So I think they're trying to see just how long he can hold it for and if it can translate to the major leagues. I would imagine that if he calls off a little bit, he's going to be sent back down to AAA just to at least work on things a little bit, which is not a bad thing. And I know it's, you know, he's getting up there. I think he's 24 right now. And I know not not many people like that in terms of 24 year olds getting sent down to AAA. But, um, at the same time, the guy's dealt with a lot, but he has proven that he, he's worthy of a call up, and it's good to see that they're bringing all these all these young guys up. And if they get solid playing time at the major league level, then you open up trade opportunities for the rest of the veterans that are in the outfield. And while I would be so sad to see Ben Gamble go, um, I would absolutely uh, I would see him. Or I would agree with him being traded if it means keeping guys like Swaggerty, Sawinski, Mitchell and maybe another guy up in the major league level. Um, and I I'm looking on fan graphs right now. Some of the guys that are on the injured list in terms of outfield depth, it goes beyond Ben Gamble. You're forgetting. We have Greg Allen. We have Jake Marisnik. And while those they're, they're solid fourth outfielder options and same with Ben Gamble, but Gamble's got trade value Marisnik He's, he's good, but he's not Ben Gamble good. And Greg Allen, we don't know what he can do considering he's been out since like the first week of spring training. So I would imagine Gamble's on the chopping block before that. But the main message I'm trying to get across here is, should Swaggerty do well, him and Mitchell will platoon right. Sawinski will stay in left if he stays hot, and Reynolds will stay in center. There have been talks that Reynolds isn't, give it, isn't willing to give up center field for Swaggerty, which I can see. Um, but at the same time, that would be my four outfield core right now. And then maybe when Allen or Marisnik get back, then be your fourth outfielder just to fill gaps on Sundays or something like that. See if Ben Gamble continues to stay hot in this early part of the season, trade him if he's hot, or even just for his defensive gloves, see what you can get from maybe a lottery prospect. But um, to me, I see there's a lot more. There's, there's a lot more that could happen if Swaggerty does good. But at the same time, it's not hard to envision what the Pirates could do if he gets hurt or if he just sucks.
0: Yeah, I agree. If I, I would be kind of sad, obviously, to see someone like Ben Gamble get dealt, but if that were to happen, that means that these young outfielders are producing, and that would mean that you know good things are happening for the team, and it would be cool to see what they could get for someone like Ben Gamble. But at worst, I think Gamble's a solid fourth outfielder option, and I would you know, obviously rather have him than uh, Greg Allen or Jake Bresnik whenever they get back, and we'll see what happens when they do get back. Um, it is really interesting, though. I think, honestly, if I had to guess, Cal Mitchell might be the odd man out here when Gamble gets back, just because I'm assuming... Swaggerty's gonna be a little better than Cal Mitchell has been. Although Mitchell hasn't been too, too, too bad. Obviously, it's only been a few games as well. But that's just kind of what I'm, I'm guessing here. But it, it's it's an interesting problem to have. It's it's crazy all of a sudden how crowded this outfield looks. When at the beginning of the season we were, I mean, we were talking about, oh great, we got Ben Gamel, Anthony Alford, and brian reynolds and uh all of a sudden there's now some options and that's nice to see just in general with the rookies i'm looking at it now on sunday the pirates started four rookies in their lineup and they won saturday started one two three four five and six at no five rookies including um rolante Contreras, who once again Probably had his best start as a pro: five and two thirds, eight strikeouts, only four hits, one run that was unearned. He's been looking great. I think he has really stabilized the starting rotation, and the rotation has actually looked pretty good as a blade. But um, yeah, I mean, we continue to talk about it. The rookie, the rookie infusion this team has seen has really. It's really been looking good as of late and I keep talking about it. I talked about it on the last pod, but since the Pirates lost 18 to 4 at the Cardinals, or I think no, that was a home game. They lost at home 18 to 4 to the Cardinals. Since then, 8 and 4 winning some games. Their only losses are you know one or two runs. I like I like what the young the young talent is doing. I like that Shelton kind of has these guys playing well as of late, and you could talk about how much credit you want to give him or Ben Sherrington or whatever, but, you know, as of late, the team is putting forth solid effort, and it's producing wins, so can't really complain there, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what, what we have going on here. I mean, you look at it now, the Pirates are just four games under 500. they They're still in third place. In the National League Central, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they are like four and a half games back of a wild card spot right now. I don't expect that to happen, but I guess the big thing that I was and am looking for for this season is I just want to see improvement. I want to see them win more than 60 games like they did last year, 61 games they won last year. I think they just need to keep getting better and better every year with this rebuild and with it exiting a rebuild and, you know, trying to be competitive. And I think, you know, right now they're on pace for 70, 75 wins. If they could do that, that would be a huge step. And maybe this offseason you start seeing the team add pieces because it's quote-unquote time to win and they've said they'd add pieces i don't know how much i believe that but you look at it things i would say right now are as good for the pirates as they have been since the ben Sherrington era started
1: yeah and i agree with that I mean, you talk about the rookie infusion. Rowan Contreras looks good. There's a lot of bickering on Twitter still about whether Charrington's done a good job or not. And I think just seeing some of the rookies that he's brought in start to get promoted to the MLB, see how they're working in the farm system, I think it's looking good now. And you talk about the time the win is now. Next offseason will really tell whether they're committed to winning or not. Um, I yeah. I really am wondering, though, like, are they just trying to – Uh, Tease fans with O'Neal Cruz Because they're calling up everybody except him And and I I know every podcast It seems like we revert back to O'Neal Cruz At some point Talk about him even though the show isn't about him But at the same time You gotta wonder because this is you You gotta wonder if maybe there's something Beyond what's on the field That's preventing him from being called up Because I mean Swaggerty deserves it Mitchell deserved it Don't get me wrong um, pretty much anybody who gets called up deserves it, but it's very baffling that O'Neill Cruz is not being called up, and yet we get guys like Yu Chang in here. And I, I don't know, but let's go back to orig- the original topic. Yeah, it's this is as good of a place as the Pirates can be, considering what we've been dealt the past few years. Like this is probably the best the Pirates have looked. Um, obviously we don't want to get too in over our head because. I mean, last year kind of proved that despite having somewhat of a successful first half, we crashed and burned in the second half. So I'm a little lenient on saying that this is going to go really well. But, you know, I mean, think if we just keep calling up the rookies as they succeed and we just keep playing hard, gritty baseball. And, you know, I guess they start listening to their fans a little bit more because I think that's what really started it. Um, Then I think we're going to be in a good place for a while. And next year, I think, is going to be our real... our our real chance to to really contend and start to make at least a run for a playoff appearance, maybe not world series ready yet, but you know, like you said, gradually get there. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And we have, they have to be smart with this because they can't just seem ready to win one year. And then the next year look like absolute crap because they thought that was their year. Like they're they're They want to win now, but they also want to win down the road as well. And I think that's where a lot of people sort of, get mad with Ben Charrington because' it doesn't, he's not, he, he' he doesn't hit the free agent market or trade market the second he gets into Pittsburgh. He's trying to build, I don't want to say a legacy, but definitely a long tenure of success in Pittsburgh. And I think we all need to keep that in mind. And another thing we also need to keep in mind is something that we've said you know over and over on the show. Not every move that he's made is going to pan out. Not every prospect he brings in is going to be a major league star but the ones that do are the ones that are going to be part of our next team, our next uh, world series winning team, or maybe even just a, our next playoff team. So it's a patience game. And I think some there's a group of fans that need to keep that um, in the back of their heads and realize, you know, this is, this is something that can't just happen on the turn of a clock. We need to, you know, we need to give them some time, let them work, see what they can do. Um, we already know Shelton's probably not going to be part of the next winning team. Although I will say, I think he's starting. To... Wait, what?
0: He might be. <laughs> I said he it's might like be. You never Tomlin know. I recently, mean, except his challenging is
1: a little sus, but I mean, he's looking, he's looking pretty good. <laughs> um, ugh, I was there that on that Friday game that he challenged and I'm like, am I watching Mike Tomlin challenge a freaking call? Like, it was obvious that the opposing runner was safe and then he challenged it. I'm like, well, there you go. And he had it. There was a challengeable play later in the game and he could have. He could have used it then, but he, he didn't have it because he lost his first challenge. So it's like, man, bites you in the ass. But back to the original t- conversation, like you said, this is as good as they're going to look at this point. And it can only get better from here, barring a disastrous event uh, from crashing the baseball world. I like where the Pirates are. They make games entertaining now, and they're starting to address the problems at hand. And I think as Pirates fans, that's what that's all we should expect right now is them to address problems on the field and just field the best team that they can possibly do and that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and you look at it right now, the Pirates I mentioned they're 24 and 28. Last year they won their 24th game on June 18th, and at that point that made them 24 and 44. So you know the fact that they're 24 and 28 now that just speaks to the improvement we'll see where they are on June 18th i mean heck they could lose 12 straight games and you know anything can happen but as of right now the improvement is there and i just think the way they're winning games it's it's impressive they're playing you know it's a cliche but they're playing good baseball they're Pitching well, playing good defense. I mean, giving up one run over two games. These past two games, you look at this rotation. Rowanzi is really good. Quintana solid. Zach Thompson keeps getting better. And uh, Brubaker struggled, and Keller continues to struggle. But they're the they're kind of the back end guys. Um, I do think the rotation is good, and I think the bullpen is really good. I mean, David Bednar, reliever of the month. He uh, he's one of the top closers in baseball, and you you look on down. The bullpen is just it's just solid. So the way they're winning, the pitching, the defense, they're scoring just enough. Brian Hayes continues to be you know a solid hitter, although maybe not power wise. But he had another home run this series. The batting average is close to 300. He gets on base. Brian Reynolds still struggling, but he he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna turn it around. He's not he's not like this bad, and he he's still providing some power even with the struggles. He has eight home runs, so solid there. Vogelbog, decent DH, and yeah, just the young talent. We'll see what Solinsky can continue to do. We'll see what Tucapita Marcano can continue to do. And you mentioned O'Neal Cruz, man. I think the thing with him is I just think they want to wait and they want to be as sure as possible that by the time he gets called up, he can't like, he gets that extra year of control. And I I put on Twitter, I was like, uh, you know, put, Guess the date you think O'Neill Cruz will get called up. And uh, the one blog, North Shore 9, they made a good point. They're like, it might be later than you think because the NL Rookie of the Year um, race right now, there's no clear-cut favorite. And, heck, if Cruz comes up and hits, you know, 10 home runs in a month or something crazy like that, he easily could put himself into the rookie of the year conversation still. And the pirates probably wouldn't love that because, you know, you lose a year of service, blah, 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 money, 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 time manipulation. Um, They kind of said it jokingly. North shore nine did, but it was like a joke, not a joke where I kind of buy that a little bit. And, Maybe maybe it is towards the middle of the end of or the end of June. I personally think my guess was June 13th. So I don't know, we'll see. But it, it's got to be any day now. It really does. I still have one day left until my guess gets nullified. Yeah, June 7th, right? I mean like I said last week he kind of did um he had to get over a minor ankle sprain. He's playing again. Ben Sherrington did have some comments on him really saying nothing. You know, the the cliches of like he just needs to continue to do what he's doing, blah, 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 blah. Like it didn't mean anything. It didn't really it didn't really tell us anything. So I don't know though, but once they call up Cruz, now we're cooking because you put Cruz in the middle of that lineup, you put him fourth, you put him fifth, you have him at shortstop every single day. Replacing Diego Castillo, who i I've liked what he's brought to the table at shortstop, but replacing him with O'Neill Cruz. I mean, I think that is an upgrade for sure, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see that happen as well, and once once they do have Cruz up that's that is pretty much it, isn't it, in terms of the prospects being brought up.
1: there's uh I mean, you got Mason Martin and G1 Bay.:
0: Yeah, true those two as well
1: some people want Cody Bolton, but I, I like his ceiling, but the fact that he's been dealt or he's dealt with so much in terms of injuries and um, you know, he hasn't pitched too much since 2019. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd bring him up maybe just to, maybe for a test drive or something, but, uh, but yeah, I think Martin and Bay are pretty much the only two that we have to keep our eye on for now
0: other than other than Cruz really. So it's getting slim. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I forgot about Martin and Bay already. Uh Martin has kind of cooled off a little bit as of late. And Bay, he's been pretty solid. So we'll we'll see what the Pirates do with those two as well. And I I would think that Cody Bolton'll get a chance at some point this season. You know, you can't have enough pitching depth and something will probably happen at some point and he'll he'll get a chance. Maybe it's an injury, maybe it's a trade. Whatever it may be. Um, But, yeah, the the rookie infusion over the past few weeks, I think, has really, has really brought a flair to this team that they, they kind of needed here. You know, we, we did that podcast, the Pirates are close to breaking, and at that point, they kind of were. They were close to just breaking it down, you know, and just continuing to lose like they did last year, but... They brought up some of these young players. They've turned it around as of late, and it's been, it's been really fun to see because it's been mostly inspired by these young players. And it's not even like it's weird. You look at these young players' stats, they're, no one's really lighting it up crazily, but they're doing just enough right now, playing solid defense, getting timely hits, and that's a recipe to win a few games. Whenever you don't got the big boppers, the home run guys, um, pitching and defense all the way. All right, before we get out of here, kind of previewed a little bit. Mini two-game series with the Tigers. And starting for the Pirates in those games, I believe, um, who was it? It's Mitch Keller in the Wednesday game. And the Tuesday game is Jose Quintana. So... What do you think happens in this this little mini series? I think we split
1: again. Um, I don't know, I don't have terribly high hopes for the Pirates. It's kind of hard because it's another it feels like another trap series. You know, the Tigers aren't that great. Um, tar, although they're two pitchers um Fado and Scooball have been pitching their ass off. Um I think we're going to do fine if we as long as we just keep the same guys that we have on right now. Um, If I have to make a bold prediction for this series I would say Swaggerty gets at least two hits In his debut
0: Um,
1: Man that's hard I'm going to say we split It's not going to be like a blowout series A wash series um, We'll play solid And I think our loss is going to be because we made one little mistake In terms of pitching
0: Okay that's fair I'm going to be bold here The Pirates are going to win both of these games yeah, I'm going there. They're going to somehow squeeze by Scooball. Scooball kind of reminds me of Zach Gallen, kind of a younger ace type that uh, they they've been pitching really well this season. But the Pirates were able to squeak by some runs against uh, Gallen, and it was just enough to win. So I I, I expect some similar games, um, you know, three nothing, two to one type games like the Diamondback series. So I'm going to say the Pirates win Wednesday against Scooball. Or Tuesday against Scooball, sorry. They're going to win that game 3-2. to two. And for the Wednesday twelve thirty matinee, they're going to win that one 5-3. So two nice generic baseball scores for you there. That's fair. I like that. Yeah. So, all right, Jake, before we get out of here, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah,
1: just a few things. I want to give credit to Austin Bechtold, one of our staff members here at Buck's Dugout, came out with a breaking story. Uh, Pirates 2021 10th round pick Justin Mize has been promoted to high A Greensboro. Um, 351 ERA and 42 strikeouts with the Marauders. Uh, That's a little over 41 innings, so he's been averaging a little over a strikeout an inning, which isn't bad. Um, Also want to give a shout out. I forget. I don't know what what the company's name is but the person the people that put on the drone show Friday at PNC Park. Oh my god, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I would I would give all of the fireworks nights if we could just get more drone shows cuz that they did an impressive job not only capturing the Pirates legacy but also the rich history of Pittsburgh as well. They did um an ode to the incline as one of them. They replayed the Cueto scene. They actually had the drone spell out Cueto and had the motion of a hand dropping a baseball. It was freaking awesome. And I don't know if you, for those that probably saw Twitter, they made the formation of Roberto Clemente when he got his three thousands hit. So I, I forget the company's name, but whoever put on the drone show after Friday's game, we need you back every weekend because that was
0: awesome. Was it, like, live little drone animations, or was it just, like, pictures? What do you mean by that? Like, Like, were the the drones moving around, like, recreating the scene, or was it just, like, a a snapshot of the scene that they just...
1: So, it was... They they would move around and make a formation, but they wouldn't, like... Uh So, for example, they did Roberto Clemente's 3,000 hit. They wouldn't stack up to show him hitting, like, swinging the bat running and then standing on second. They would have him stand like up I'd say torso up standing on second with his helmet off, moving to remove his helmet and then they would play audio from that yeah. like from that moment over top of them forming it. It was
0: yeah, so it's like a mix That's I guess, okay. but still pretty cool. Kind of like a slideshow yeah. of drones. That's really cool. I saw some pictures on you know, I, I had some People I knew that were at the game, I saw some Snapchats of it, saw some Twitter pictures. So, yeah, that did look really cool. And next time that's a thing, hopefully there is a next time. I definitely got to be down there for that. I would say there's a next time. Everybody loved it. That's very cool. Anything else here before we get out of here? Nope, that's about it for me. Awesome. All right, Jake, give us your Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, underscore Radio Jake. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H-U-R-S-H. And, of course, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. We'll be back later on this week at some points, And um, we'll be talking more Buccos. We'll see what they can do against the Tigers this week before they start their long road trip, eight-game road trip. They will be four at Atlanta and four at St. Louis. That'll be a real test because those are two teams with playoff aspirations, although Atlanta has kind of struggled as of late, but uh, or this year in general. But we'll see what the Pirates can do. Jake, have a great rest of your day. Listeners, have a great rest of your day, and everyone, peace out.